1: Hey there, future paleontologist. I'm Dinosaur George, and it is so, so good to be with you again. I told you all that during the months of November and December, I had a little bit of time to uh, record more podcasts, and I'm living up to my word. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? It is the end of November. And we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of this podcast. I can't believe this podcast. I've been doing this podcast now for one year, which is very exciting for me. And I'm glad to be able to to say that I've done it. And we've had great results in one year's time. As of today, we've had over 185,000 downloads we are listened to in one hundred and eighteen countries throughout the world, which is, again, for me, super exciting. I never dreamed when I started this podcast that we would have that kind of turnout and that kind of response. And so I am thrilled that we have reached that many uh, that many places. In fact, as a matter of fact, one of the things that was kind of interesting, is I, I always tell you how many countries we're in. But do you know, we are listened to in 6,797 cities throughout the world. 6,797 cities. And you want to know what the number one city that listens to my podcast, what that number one city is. It's Sydney, New South Wales. How cool is that? And you want to know the top 10 countries that listen to me? Of course, the United States, because that's where most of my listeners are. So it's the United States, number one, Canada, number two, the United Kingdom, number three, Australia, number four, Ireland number 5, Germany number 6, India number 7, New Zealand number 8, Japan number 9 and South Africa is the 10th largest country or the 10th country who has the most listeners. But then also I have I have a listener. Now there's only one right now, but there is one listener in Slovenia. Algeria, American Samoa, St. Martin, Azerbaijan, Estonia, Uruguay, Moldova, Pakistan, Botswana, Fiji, Guyana, Bermuda, Gibraltar, the country of Georgia, Trinidad and Tobago, Latvia and Lesotho. Those countries, I have one listener, at least one Person who has downloaded my podcast from one of those countries. So, for everybody in all 118 countries and 6,797 cities across the world, thank you all so very much. Thank you so very much for listening to my podcast. Thank you to everybody out there. All right, let's talk about our feature creature. It's time for our Feature Creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your Feature Creature. Well, this one is going to be a bit of a mystery. One of the greatest things about paleontology But one of the frustrating things about paleontology is we don't always have all the answers. Today's feature creature is Andrew Sarkis. Andrew Sarkis is a bit of a mystery because the only thing that was found was its skull. And it's a big skull. It's a big animal based off the skull. But the problem with Andrew Sarkis is people cannot say for certain how big the animal was or really what it even looked like. If you've ever seen pictures of Andrew Sarkis, sometimes they picture it as what looks like a giant dog. Some pictures make it look like some sort of bear. Some pictures almost make it look like an elephant. I mean, I'm sorry, a hippopotamus. If you Google or you do uh, an image search of Andrew Sarkis, you're going to see a big range of images, what it is, because nobody can say for sure. Its skull has features that resemble dogs. It kind of looks like some sort of a dog, but unfortunately it's a little bit different. When it was first found People thought it looked like a group of animals called Intellidonts, which are sort of like um, giant meat-eating pigs. Some people thought maybe this thing was a giant pig. Whatever it is, whatever it turns out to be, if they ever do find more evidence, it's going to be a very unusual animal, that's for sure. It was discovered back in 1923, and originally... People thought this thing belonged to the dog or wolf family. But then, excuse me, (coughs) you have to excuse me. I have a cough and it's causing me to cough every now and then. So I apologize if I just coughed in your ear, but be assured I I covered my mouth. So the germs did not fly through my microphone over the internet and through your phone or your computer. Trust me, you're fine. All right. So this giant animal lived in the middle Eocene period. The Eocene came after the age of dinosaurs. The Eocene is a time period after dinosaurs are extinct. So this is during the, um, the Cenozoic era, which is known as the age of mammals. Now, from what they can tell, Andrew Sarkis is indeed a mammal. It's, it definitely appears to be a mammal. And it has all of the characteristics of a mammal. So I feel pretty comfortable, and I think scientists feel pretty comfortable, saying this is indeed a mammal. But actually, what how it fits into a family group is still a little bit difficult. It appears to be a carnivore. Perhaps it was an omnivore. And based on the shape of the skull, the best guess would be it was a quadruped, meaning It walked on all four legs. It was discovered in Mongolia, which is, if you've ever seen where Mongolia is, it's connected to China. It's just a little bit above China and a little bit below Russia. And so this thing was big. And how big was it? Well, again, remember, they only found the skull. But from the skull, from the skull, scientists are able to estimate the size. The skull itself was 83.4 centimeters long. That's 32.8 inches long. That's big. That's big. And the coolest thing about it is more than half of the skull was its elongated snout where all those teeth were. And so the the majority of its head was the mouth with the teeth in it. It probably had a very powerful bite. Sure, it had a very powerful bite. But the eyes are the thing that's a little confusing. The eyes weren't really like the eyes of a dog or a wolf that generally looked forward. Its eyes were kind of more on the side of its head, causing even more confusion. If it's a predator, it's better if your eyes are looking forward because it helps you catch things easier. But if it's a scavenger or maybe a bully and it just takes food away from everybody else, maybe the, the funny eyes helped it fine. It, it, there's no way to know. Was it fast? Was it slow? There is no way to know. Because some estimates are this animal weighed uh, almost a ton. Like, like that's as much as, that's almost as much as like, say, uh, a full-sized uh, cow. A ton is a lot. Some people estimate that it was 6 feet tall and 16 feet long. That's longer and taller than some vehicles. But again, the mystery about this animal is, how do we know? How do we know? Because all we have is the head. And the head doesn't always give you all the information. Yes, it tells us about the potential diet. It tells us about the diet but that's it. We don't know if it, what its body looked like. I remember there was a show called walking with beasts and Andrew Sarkis was shown as some giant wolf looking thing. And it looked cool. It looked super cool. And on that show, it showed it walking along the beach and eating sea turtles, crunching them with its big teeth. Where that came from, Is when they found the skull of Andrew Sarkis, it was found on what used to be the shore of the ocean. Well, remember, young paleontologist, you can't look at a little bit of evidence and think that's the whole story. Because it was found near what was the shore of the ocean, some people immediately said, ah, then it lives along the shore. And maybe it's just walking along and picking up anything dead that washes up on the beach. Maybe it's eating sea turtles. Well, what if it died somewhere else and its body during a flood was washed down a stream or a river and it ended up on the beach? It doesn't mean that the animal lived there. It just means that's where it died. Or what if it was a sick individual and it couldn't catch its food anymore? So it went to the beach to try to find things that were already dead. Maybe it died there. But just because it was found by the beach doesn't mean this animal spent its life by the beach. Does that make sense to everybody? I want you all to think about that for a minute. Think about this. If, uh, let's say, an elephant decides to go up into the mountains, it just decides to go up there and it gets lost and it can't figure out a way to get back down And it dies. And then a thousand years later, somebody finds its bones. Well, they may find the bones and go, look at this an elephant that lived in the mountains. No, that's an elephant that died in the mountains, but that's not where it lived its life. So, was uh, Andrew Sarkis living along the beach and eating sea turtles? I don't know. It certainly had teeth that could bite through the shell of a turtle, I guess. But sea turtles don't spend a lot of their time on the beach. If they did, they would be called land turtles. They spend most of their life in the sea, coming only onto shore to lay eggs. So if that's the case, this animal cannot rely on turtles as its food because it rarely is ever going to see one on land. I believe, based on the look at the skull and the teeth, I believe this animal is an active hunter. My guess is it's probably going to be relatively fast. I solely base that on this. I can only base that on this. It's a giant skull of a giant meat eater. Some people suggest Andrew Sarkis is the largest mammal carnivore that ever lived on land. Bigger than a tiger, bigger than a lion, bigger than a saber-toothed cat, bigger than the short-faced bear at least longer. So why would I think that it's fast? Because how big it is means it has to get a lot of food. And you can't be giant and only live on things that you find that are already dead. You would starve to death before you found enough to eat. You either have to go run somebody away from the food they killed, you need to kill it yourself. And in my opinion, Andrew Sarkis could do both. But the number one thing that I believe, and I want you young paleontologists to remember, this is very important when you, when I say this, just because I say something doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that's my opinion. It is okay for you to disagree with me. It's okay for you to agree with me. It's okay with you to disagree or agree with any paleontologist that you ever see or hear from. Just because somebody is a scientist doesn't mean they have all the answers. A good scientist is somebody that will take all the information available to them, study it, and then make a guess, a a, a hypothesis. That's an educated guess. So in my opinion, my hypothesis is based on the size of the skull, which would then suggest the size of the animal. I believe it would take a certain amount of food for a mammal of that size to survive. Mammals aren't like reptiles. Crocodiles can grow giant, but they don't have to eat every day because they have they're cold blooded. That means they don't burn through calories like a mammal. Andrew Sarkis is a mammal, and it's got to eat a lot. Mammals have to eat a lot. Lions cannot eat once and then take the rest of the month off. A python can eat once and maybe go a year before it has to eat again. Mammals can't do that. So I believe that, in my opinion, these animals are absolutely going to be fast And they are going to be at the top of the food chain. If you'd like to do more study on Andrew Sarkis, I hope you do. I hope you read about it. And maybe you might come up with a different hypothesis of what you think this animal is. But as for me, Andrew Sarkis is an absolute monster. Mm -hmm. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. All right, how about I answer a couple of questions submitted by some of our Patreon members. We're going to start with this one, Hi Dinosaur George, my name is uh, Zor, and that's pronounced Zor like Z, like in pizza, very cool. And Yael, I think that is your name, um, is uh, Zor6 and listens to your podcast at least once a day, that's very kind. And he's been begging me to become a member of the Tyrannosaurus Club. I'm so glad. Listen, I want to say thank you so much, Yael, for joining us, and thank you for becoming a member, and Zur, I want to wish you a happy Hanukkah. I hope you and your family and all of your friends have a very safe and wonderful holiday. Hanukkah is a beautiful holiday, and I just want to give you a shout-out and say hey to you. All right, uh, let's see. this. Oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. How about this? Uh this is from my friend Santi who's a huge fan of the podcast and became a Patreon club member. Well Santi is celebrating his 5th birthday on December the 8th. And I just wanted to give you a birthday shout out. I want to give you a birthday shout out. How about I get a baby Tyrannosaurus Rex to sing happy birthday to you and to everyone who has a birthday in November or December? Here we go. Ready? Let me bring up my T-Rex skull. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. All right. Knock off the cha-cha-cha part. Let's try that again. I'm very sorry. A baby Tyrannosaurus Rex is a very tough animal and it doesn't want to follow directions. Let's try it again. Here we go. And by the way, make it a nice birthday song. Every time this thing sings happy birthday, it's always something mean. All right, here we go. Ready? You Ready? Ready. Okay, here we go. Happy birthday to you. And I'm not going to sing the cha-cha-cha part. Happy birthday to you. Once again, I'm not going to sing the cha-cha. Okay, you don't have to say that part. Just sing happy birthday. I'm so sorry, everybody. Santi, I'm so sorry. Let's try it again. This time don't sing. Don't say the cha-cha-cha part. Just say it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to eat you for dinner and spit out your shoes. That was simply horrible. Why would you sing happy birthday and then tell him you're going to eat them? Okay. Seriously, everybody. Happy birthday to you all. Happy birthday to everyone who's celebrating a birthday this month and coming in the upcoming a month in December, so <laughs> I just want to tell you guys how how much fun I have being able to uh, to um, uh, hear about your birthdays and all that stuff. And it's it just I'm so glad to be able to do that. It makes things uh, to me. It makes things so much fun. All right, let me jump in here and an, and answer a few more questions real quick. Let's see. Um, 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 let's see. Hi, Dinosaur George. We are here in the UK. Hey, guys. Uh, Susie Source would like to ask, how did Stegosaurus plates turn red? Well, Susie Source, nice to have you with us as a member of our Patreon club. And thank you for joining us from over there in the beautiful UK. Now, in a couple of movies, in some books, Susie Source, they show that Stegosaurus plates turn red and the way they do that is they the blood from their body can be kind of pushed up into the plates is what some scientists believe and so by doing that it would make them change color but there's no way to know for sure if they could do that and if they could we don't really know what color they would be you see covering those plates is something called keratin that's a it's like the stuff your fingernails are made of And so because of the keratin covering, that might alter whatever color, whatever color the uh, plate would become. So we don't know for certain what color they would be, but whatever the case, if they could make them change color, it would be because the blood would be forced. Let me explain how, how you can move blood around your body. If you get mad... Or embarrassed or scared, the blood in your body will sometimes go up into your face. It's sort of a protective mechanism. By doing that, it will change the look of the color of your skin. And so some scientists believe Stegosaurus could do something like that as well. So we don't know for sure if it could, but if it could, that's what it would do by pushing blood up into its face. That's what would give it that change. I mean, not into its face, into its plates. That's what would give it that color. All right, let's jump over real quick to the Dinosaur George Kids uh, Facebook group and see what we got. Let's see. James drew a picture. He said, hey, El Stinko, this is James. I drew a tricer... Wait one minute. What? What did you just call me, James? Did you just call me El Stinko? James, that's my superhero name. Nobody knows my identity. Don't tell everybody who Elstinko is. And that's not my name, by the way. (laughs) James said, I drew a triceratops with a club tail just for you. Thank you for the podcast. It makes me happy. Have a good day. Well, James, shout out to you. Thank you so much. And by the way, I don't know who Elstinko is. He's a superhero and he's a mystery. (laughs) Let's see. Here's a picture. Sante Raptor wanted to share his dino scenes. He's a new T-Rex Club member and a huge fan. Well, Sante Raptor, thank you, buddy. Thank you so very much for being a member. And I love this picture. And for everybody, you do not have to become a Patreon member to send, post your pictures and to send questions. You can do that through the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. It's free to everybody. You can do that. Sante, thank you so much. And again, uh uh love your your image. That's really cool. All right, let's see. Here is uh here is a picture that young uh Mr. Chase sent me. Let's see, it says a pack of velociraptors versus little Georgie pants with no weapons. Well, this is a very na- what did you just say? Did you just say Little Georgie, little Georgie pants with no weapons. How am I supposed to fight a group of velociraptors if I don't have weapons? You stinking kids. (laughs) All right, let's see. This is from the Mahoney family. Hi, Dinosaur George. My son, George, great name, is six and loves your podcast. He would like to know who would win between Cryolophosaurus and Guan Long. Well, George, I don't have time to do any Who Would Wins in this podcast, but I'll go ahead and do one because you have such a cool name. Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops. You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right. <laughs> Because of time, we don't have time to do any Who Would Wins for this episode, but I'm going to do this one because it's a good one. Crylophosaurus versus Guanlong. These are two pretty evenly matched dinosaurs. But I believe, even though Crylophosaurus, I believe, might be a little bit larger, Guanlong is from the Tyrannosaur family, and they seem to have a little more advantage when it comes to power So I am going to say in this particular case, I believe Guanlong would be able to take on Crylophosaurus, but it's a great battle. And let me tell you why it's so great. It's because both of these dinosaurs have relatively thin crests on their head. And that would mean that they're not really made for combat. I don't believe they're made for combat. And the reason why I say that is because when you have a thin crest made of bone on your head it can break pretty easily. And if it gets broken, it's not going to grow back. So those crests are obviously important for the animal. And that means it's not going to put itself in a position where they're going to be easily broken. Now, if it's fighting for its life, it doesn't care about that crest. If it breaks it, it breaks it. It's better than dying and trying to protect your crest. But I just believe that it suggests that they're not really made for full-on confrontation. So having said that, I'm going to give this fight to Guanlong simply because of the family of dinosaurs that it comes from. I'm simply going to give it the the benefit of the doubt that it's going to be a little more powerful. But that's a great battle. That's a really good battle. Okay, Dylan sent a beautiful Utah raptor, which I love a lot. I love it. And I think... Is that a pterosaur inside of its mouth? It better not be me. I think it's a pterosaur picking its teeth clean. But I love this thing. I like it very much. And what I like, Dylan, is you use some bright colors on it. I like that Utah raptor. That's a very, very good. That's a very good picture. I really like that. And this is really kind of cool. Hurricane Puppysaurus. What a great name. Did <laughs> That's still the best name in the world. Uh, did a great job. Uh, this is Isabella. She did a great job of posting a picture of herself being 45 feet away from the camera. And that comes from our last podcast where I talked about Sora Faganax being 45 feet long. And I wanted people to see how long it was. So there is a picture of Isabella standing inside of a garage, 45 feet away from the camera, And that is a big distance, isn't it? Ah, that's really cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right, let's see. What else have we got here? We've got, um, oh, where'd it go? Here we go. My son, Dylan, age eight, would like to know what killed the dinosaurs in the Triassic and the Jurassic ages. Thanks for the podcast. It's great. Hey, you're welcome, Scott. And thank you for taking the time to write and to send me Dylan's question. Um, This is another very good mystery. At the end of the Triassic, a group, a lot of dinosaurs didn't seem to survive. And the same thing happened at the end of the Jurassic. Now, those were not as big of an event as the one that occurred at the end of the Cretaceous. So those may have been more gradual. And what I mean by that, Dylan, is they didn't happen in just a short amount of time. Those dinosaurs may have died out over hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of years. And sometimes that happens simply because the environment changes. You see, during the Triassic and the Jurassic, most of the land was still pretty close together. But as the land masses continued to break apart, that meant that weather changed in areas all over the world places that maybe used to be a desert now, because the land was slowly splitting apart. Now maybe they got more rain and became more like a forest and vice versa. Maybe there was a forested area that over thousands of years, it slowed down, it stopped raining and it less and less and less rain and therefore less and less and less plants. And when your environment changes, You have to make one of three choices. Move to a place you like better, adapt to your new environment, or die. Move, adapt, or die. Well, if you cannot move and you cannot adapt, then you got to go with number three, and that's not a good choice for anyone. But that's probably what happened to most of the dinosaurs at the end of the Triassic and at the end of the Jurassic. (coughs) excuse me, it was probably a gradual, slow dying of those animals, to my best guess. It could also have been escalated by things like, uh, you know, volcanoes erupting. That can change a lot. There's a lot of things, but my best guess is it wasn't as immediate as it was in the Cretaceous because there wasn't one gigantic thing like the asteroid. That's my best guess. Okay, this is from... um, uh, George Allosaurus, another great name, by the way. Hi, DG. We visited this cool museum. I'm showing you a 22-foot-long anaconda skin, a Triceratops skull, and a Dunkelostius. Also a dire wolf. This was in Morgantown, West Virginia. Thanks for the new podcast. Hey, happy to do it, GA, which is George Allosaurus. Since you call me DG, which is Dinosaur George, I'm going to call you GA, So glad you got to go. And, man, I love that skin of that snake. That's huge. And I see you standing next to all those cool dinosaurs. Thank you for posting those pictures. I absolutely loved it. Shout out to you for taking the time to show me that. Thank you so much, George Allosaurus. That was very, (coughs) excuse me, very, very cool. Uh, I wanted to say something else. Uh, This goes out to um, some of the some of the very nice comments Um, I posted on the Dinosaur George Kids group page. I I made a post about the one-year anniversary of the podcast, and I just want you all to know that you guys left some of the kindest, most decent comments. Stephanie Hill, Lisa Benavides, my friend Paige, Sarita, Harris. Ronnie, Carrie, Julie, Lillian, uh, Sid, Sid Descupta. I I want you to know what a, what a absolute wonderful thing. And Megan, thank you for, for commenting on his, his comment and feeling the same way. I just want to tell you all how much I appreciate your kindness. That's the greatest thing about, about this company, this podcast and the Patreon club. And this web page, this Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, everybody is so kind and courteous and friendly. And I just want you all to know how much it means to me. And I want you all to know, I don't have time sometimes to respond to the things you post on Dinosaur George Kids, but I read them all. I look at them all. Most of the time, it's the last thing I do before it's time for me to go to bed. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate the pictures. You guys send such great pictures. Johnny, I see you at uh, with a sucumimus and an allosaurus in the museum that you posted. I love Team T-Rex versus Albertosaurus team. What a great scene that is. Man, what a battle that thing's going to be. Wow. Wow. So anyway, uh, Bruno, I want you to know that uh, your fire-breathing dinosaur versus Dinosaur George without stink bombs is really... S- Wait a minute. Did You just say I don't have my. Are you telling me, Bruno, you turned a fire breathing T-Rex against me and I have no stink bombs. That's just great. That's just great. And Lindsay Soros falling into acid of a T-Rex into the stomach of a T-Rex. Why is everybody doing that to me? You know, one of these days El Stinko is going to appear and I don't know who El Stinko is. El Stinko is a mystery, everybody. Nobody knows who El Stinko really is because it's a mystery. El Stinko is a great superhero and nobody knows his identity. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, this is great. Hi, David. Great pictures of you with Triceratops and Allosaurus, and that T-Rex eating that Triceratops is crazy cool. I like that a lot. Thank you for posting it. Arthur, you did a great Giganotosaurus. You also asked how fast could Spinosaurus run? You know, Spinosaurus is not really made for running on land. I don't know if it would have been really very fast. Now in the water, it appears like it could, it could move pretty quickly. But if I had to guess, Arthur, if I had to guess at, um uh, uh, at how fast it could run on land, maybe 15 to 20 miles an hour. That's still fast. That's still fast. But, uh, 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 anyway, I just, uh, I, I I don't know for certain. I don't know if they've ever done a study of how fast it could run. But I don't think it would be super fast, but that's a great question. And hey, if you do become a member for Christmas, I hope you do. But even if you don't, Arthur, you can continue to post as many things as you want uh on this um Dinosaur George kids Facebook group, and I will try my best to read them and answer them. Eli, I just want you to know again how glad I am that you are a T Rex member and I see your cool t-rex tooth and your raptor claw uh noel and shane uh this is great thank you oh that's great you guys drew a picture with my stinky armpits thank you so much and you turned me into superman super dg wait a minute noel shane you guys don't know the identity of el stinko, do you you don't know who el stinko is do you if you do, don't tell anybody. Cause I'm I mean, he is a mystery. <laughs> hey, I love this. Raptor did a drawing of the short faced bear fighting a megatheria, fighting over me and it... Wait one minute, kid. Wait one minute. You got a short faced bear and a megatherium fighting over me? What did I do to deserve this? Why am I in the middle of this fight? raptor. why would you do that to me, child? (laughs) I absolutely love it. Let's see. And now, let me see if I pronounce this correctly. Is it Kai or Kua? You live in Maui. You love my podcast. Thank you. Shout out to you, my little friend. And uh, and thank you for telling your friends that you listen to me. That is... That helps so much, you guys. So, if it's pronounced Kai, Ku, Kua, I'm not familiar with how to pronounce it. And I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. I have to be pronouncing one of them wrong because I just said it three different ways. They can't all be right. Thank you. And I love that you did. Oh, I love your Triceratops. But thank you so very much for doing that. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Here's a couple of other ones. This is good. Uh, Here, the Chase family posted a great picture of being 43 feet away, which is, again, something from the Saurphaganax episode. Thank you so much. Tristan Raptor made a Gorgosaurus at BrickFest last, this past weekend. Nice. Nice. No matter where you go, dinosaurs and dinosaur George is always on our mind. You guys are so kind. Thank you, Amy, for taking the time to post that. And I love that Gorgosaurus, Tristan Raptor. It's really, really cool. And then Cooper did an amazing picture of two Triceratops who have killed a raptor but left two alive. Well, those raptors, I'm sorry for them, but, Cooper, that's a great drawing, and I like how you combine those two pictures into one poster. That's really cool. Shout out to you, Cooper. You did an excellent job, and I'm very proud of you. All right, my friends, one of the benefits— of being a Tyrannosaurus Rex member of the Patreon Club is that your name gets put onto a wheel and we spin the wheel. And if your name comes up, you get to be interviewed. And that is what you're going to hear right
0: now. How would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com to join the club. And now let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member.
1: All right, one of the best parts about being a T-Rex member is your name gets put on the wheel. And if the wheel lands on your name, you get chosen for an interview. And guess what? Max's name came up. Max, how are you doing, buddy? Good. Good. So, Max, how old are you? Let me guess. 119.
0: Not even close. I'm seven.
1: Oh, 107. Okay. So you're 107. No, seven. Oh, you're 77 years old. Now, Max not is a 70. Old. How old are you?
0: Seven.
1: Oh, you should have said that. Why did you say you were 107?
0: I didn't. I said I was
1: seven. Oh, yeah. Then you said you were 77, and I was like, oh, excuse me? I don't think you're 77. So you finally admitted it. Thank you, Max. <laughs>
0: you said that.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I knew somebody did. So you're seven years old. You married yet? What's your wife's name? No. Let me guess. Cynthia.
0: No.
1: Margaret. No. Joanne.
0: No. Elizabeth. No.
1: Well, I don't know then. What is your wife's name?
0: I don't have a wife.
1: Oh, okay. So you're 70, but you didn't get married. That's fine. That's perfectly fine.
0: Seven.
1: Oh, that's right. You're seven.
0: Okay, good. All right.
1: So what grade are you in school?
0: Um, First grade.
1: First grade. Very good. What do you like? Do you have a subject that you like in school? What do you like the best?
0: Like every kid in the world, I like recess and
1: lunch. Nicely done, sir. Those are my favorite classes, and I was the best one at it. Recess and lunch. So. Do you get your lunch at school, or does your mom or dad send you to school with your lunch?
0: Sometimes I get hot lunch. Sometimes I get cold lunch. It depends on what it is.
1: Yeah. Are there foods you don't like?
0: Well, yeah, some.
1: Yeah. I used to hate sandwich day. I didn't like, do you know why? Because they were cheese sandwiches, and I just didn't like them. So what's your favorite food in the cafeteria? Do you have a favorite?
0: Well, first there's burgers. There's usually pizza on the last day of the weekend.
1: Nice. Those are all good as well. So, who is your? Do you have any friends? Who is your best friend, Max?
0: Um. Well, I'd probably say. um,
1: Um. It's a hard choice, isn't it? Do you have a couple of best friends? Who are some of your friends? Just name all of your friends.
0: Um, actually, I might have to name just a couple because I have way too many. Oh, well, that's awesome.
1: Well, I'm glad you've got a lot of friends. That's very, very cool. Uh, so now, do, Max, do you guys live in Canada? Is that, am I correct? No. Where do you live? What state do you live? Not your address, your state. America. You live in North America. You live in the United States. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I've been there once.
0: I live in New Hampshire.
1: Oh, okay. I've been to New Hampshire once. I've been to the United States once. Okay, I'm kidding you. I live in the United States. I've been all over the place, and I love New Hampshire. Is it cold outside?
0: Um, well, a little
1: bit. Yeah, yeah, I know it's this. Like feel.
0: 27
1: degrees. Yeah. When it gets down to below 50 degrees in San Antonio, Texas, we think that's cold. <laughs> I bet you don't think it's cold.
0: It's <laughs> gonna snow this week.
1: Ugh. Oh. Do you know that in my life, Max, it's only snowed in San Antonio two times? Now, I grew up in Washington, D.C., so I saw snow every winter when I was a kid. But then when we moved to Texas, it's only snowed two times in the whole time. And I'm like way over seven years old. I'm like almost eight years old. Okay, I may be older than eight.
0: (laughs) Of course you are. (laughs) You're a grown man. You're you are correct,
1: man. sir. <laughs> you are correct. So, Max, do you have a favorite dinosaur?
0: Well, I'd probably have to say Ankylosaurus. I love pretty tough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, over the last couple of years, I started spending more time looking more at Ankylosauruses and that whole family. I love them. Why do you like Ankylosaurus?
0: Well, I mean, that body plate and that tail i mean like who doesn't like that that's incredible
1: yeah can you imagine the very first scientist that ever uncovered that tail they must have looked at it and went what is this thing and then when they saw it they're like it's a wrecking ball it's a weapon can you imagine being hit by that tail
0: oh my gosh i'd probably die
1: yeah that's the reason max why i don't Thing. I don't believe tyrannosauruses messed around with adult ankylosauruses. I just don't think they, they did. I don't think any carnivores messed around with adult ankylosaurus. I th-
0: think that makes just... pretty much sense, actually. Yeah. Because those things are pretty tough.
1: Yeah. Well, think about how thick the skin on their back is.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's and... no way to take that thing down with a bee gun.
1: Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. And... You look at its head, its head is covered in armor, Uh, its back is covered in armor, and you know, a lot of people say, yeah, but its stomach isn't protected. Well, what animal could roll one of those over on its back? There's nothing that could do that. T-Rex doesn't have the strength in his arms to roll him over, does he?
0: No, he does not. Yeah. They're very tight against him, and he can't even break off a stick from a tree.
1: Yeah, I I agree.
0: Unless his eyes are getting poked. Right. Even though they're on the side of his head.
1: Right. Well, you know, a friend of mine said, well, what if he lowered his head to the ground and kind of flipped the ankylosaurus over? But again, you're talking about an animal that weighs seven, eight, maybe nine tons. What animal would have a neck strong enough to lift nine tons? I just don't think they could. Now, baby ankylosaurs would have been in danger. Do you think they would have been in danger?
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: I wonder if they hatched out of their egg and they were already covered in body armor or did that armor kind of grow as they got older?
0: I think it probably grew as they got older because like it's pretty small when they're babies, so.
1: Right, well, you think about a turtle now, and Kylosaurus isn't like a turtle, but I'm saying a turtle is born with a shell and here in Texas, we have animals called armadillos, They're born with the shell, but their shell is pretty soft when they're little. It just gets harder and thicker as they grow up. Do you think ankylosaurus would do the same thing?
0: Yeah, probably because, like, how else would a predator take that down if there's, like, a shell on the back that's super, like, very tough?
1: Right, right. And, you know, the baby ankylosaurus would have definitely been in danger. So it makes me wonder. If the babies stayed with mom or maybe even mom or dad, do you think they stayed with the parents? Or like when a turtle is born, a turtle hatches, a turtle just goes off on its own. It's like, good luck. I hope everything works out for you. Do you think that was the same way with ankylosaurus? No. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine they would survive very long.
0: Yeah, like ankylosauruses would probably be like extinct in like 12 days.
1: Right. So I'm going to ask you the toughest question about ankylosauruses that I still don't know the answer to. How do you think they could cross a river? Do you think they floated across like a boat? Do you think they held their breath and walked underwater? Or do you think they kind of did the doggy paddle and just paddled as quickly as they can and maybe tried to keep their head above the water to breathe?
0: Actually, I don't think they actually do that.
1: Do you think if they came to water, they would just say, I just, I can't cross it?
0: Well, probably because like, it's probably really, really deep, but like a put, but like a shallow puddle, they would probably just walk across it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Those those are good. That's a very good answer. So other than ankylosaurs, are there other dinosaurs that you find interesting?
0: Well, I like Velociraptor.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So what about sauropods, the long-necked dinosaurs? Do you find them that interesting?
0: Yeah, I like them too. Yeah. I like every type of dinosaur.
1: You actually. do? That's really cool. Now, what about other prehistoric animals that are not dinosaurs, things like the mammals and uh, the pterodactyls? Do you have an interest in those kind of animals as well?
0: Yeah. My favorite of that group is probably like the mosasaurus. Oh.
1: Dinosaurs. Boy, I do not think people give enough credit to the Mosasaur family. I think they were as dangerous in the water as Tyrannosaurus or raptors were on land. Mosasaurs ruled the ocean, in my opinion.
0: Yes, definitely, man.
1: You know, new studies show that Mosasaurs were more closely related to snakes than to lizards. When you see a Mosasaur, most people think, well, that thing was probably a lizard and it grew four flippers. But Mosasaurs appear to be more closely related to snakes. And that's probably how they move through the water. You ever seen a water snake? You know how their body kind of ripples as they move? That's probably how Mosasaurs may have swam. Yeah. And they were fast, too. Mosasaurs were fast, I think.
0: And, like, I'm probably guessing, like, um, Prognathodon probably like moved like a snake
1: Yeah, very good Very good How do you know about that animal?
0: Well, I saw it on a dinosaur show And I nice. knew it was a real thing Because right. it was nonfiction.
1: Right Yeah, that's uh, uh, a big uh, mosasaur That is found in Egypt and uh, Morocco They find a lot of prognathodon teeth and bones And their teeth The reason why we find so many of their teeth Well, let me ask you, why do you think paleontologists find lots of teeth, but not that many skeletons? Can you guess?
0: Well, maybe because like the, let's say the great white shark, they've rows and rows of teeth. And maybe this prognathodon has maybe a bigger jaw, so it has a little bit more teeth.
1: That's very good. And you were very close with your comment about the shark. They can lose their teeth and grow new ones back throughout their entire life. So one Mosasaur might leave behind five or 600 teeth, but it only has one skeleton. So it's easier to find teeth than.
0: Even though that those two aren't related, they still probably like the same thing because that still could happen
1: a boy. And you're absolutely right. Sharks and mosasaurs are not related, but they have similar features. And that happens a lot in the animal kingdom. That's very yeah, because good. because
0: most, most sharks are fish, but, like, I think that prognathodons are probably, like, reptiles.
1: Reptiles. a boy. Nicely. You're a smart kid. Maybe you should be doing this interview. Well, no wonder you're smart. You're 107 years old. you got to be smart when you're 107.
0: I'll be willing to take it over just like Noah.
1: <laughs> Noah is my assistant. Noah does a good job. Uh, did you, were you in the last meeting, the one we did on Utah Raptor?
0: Um, No, but the one before.
1: The one before. Yeah, we have another lesson um, this Saturday morning and night. We're doing a lesson on Dino which is a very weird looking animal. Very strange looking animal. I hope you can make that one as well. But you can always watch the video. Uh, you can always watch the video because we record all of them as well. So what about toys? Do you have many uh, like dinosaur toys or prehistoric life toys?
0: Yeah, like like maybe like 20 or 30.
1: Oh, wow. wow. I love dinosaurs. Oh. I have to
0: say they're one of my most favorite animals.
1: You and me both. You and me both. So, do you have a favorite toy out of all the toys? If you only got to play with one, which one would you play with? Do you think?
0: I would probably go with. Oh, this is a hard decision. I'd probably go with my Mosasaurus.
1: Nice. Now, is it that big Mosasaurus from Jurassic World? That big one?
0: Nah, it's more like like this big. Oh yeah,
1: so that's still big though. That. Yeah, I think I bought.
0: Actually, I think I bought it from your shop. I think I
1: did. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like mosasaurs a lot. Mosasaurs are are one of the animal, the group of animals that are fantastic to me. Um, You know, during the the age of the mosasaur, the 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 golden age, which was the Cretaceous, North America was split in half by an ocean, and mosasaurs are the animals going up and down that coast, picking off everything. Including dinosaurs. Listen, if a dinosaur waded out in the water and a mosasaur sensed he was there, he'd get him, man. He'd get him.
0: Yeah. And before all the continents were spread apart, it was one big continent called Pangaea.
1: Nicely done, Max. You are a smart guy. You'll- I know.
0: History. Yeah. History. Dinosaurs.
1: Nice. Now, what about books? Do you do you like to read dinosaur books? Do you have any dinosaur books?
0: Yeah, I think I have like twelve or something, but wow. no, I have. I think I have like seven. Yeah,
1: seven. That's cool. That's very cool. And do you read your books over and over again? Because that's what I used to do when I was young. I'd read them over and over and over.
0: I probably do, but some of them I can't read because I'm like in fourth grade, so I can't read
1: most of them. Oh, sure. Well, of course. Yeah, and some of the names don't make sense also because when you look at the name, they're like really weird. That's because the names are usually not in English. So it's hard enough to learn how to read then when you're trying to read dinosaur names, it's even harder because those aren't even English words you're trying to read.
0: Yeah. And you know what? You know what also isn't an English word? What's that? Pizza. And that's what's pizza. That makes no sense. Pizza.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. But I still like pizza. What's your favorite kind of pizza?
0: I'd have to say extra cheese. I'm not a big fan of pepperoni.
1: Ooh, I love pepperoni. What about have you ever tried pizza that has pineapple on it?
0: Um, yeah, when I was three, I like didn't like it at all, but now I think I actually like it a little bit more.
1: That's cool. My favorite toppings are pepperoni, uh mushroom. I love mushrooms, and black olives. I like all those. That might be kind of gross for you, but those are my favorites. What do you? If you got to make a pizza right now, what you get to pick three toppings? What do you put on it?
0: Cheese, pineapple, and this might sound gross, but probably chocolate chips.
1: Chocolate chips on a pizza. All right, that is actually pretty good. I actually think I would eat a chocolate chip pizza. I think I would be a chocolate chip pizza eater myself. That's very cool. That
0: sounds so good. I'm that just, is. I'm fully in that when I'm president. <laughs> so, for me. So, for me.
1: <laughs> we'll vote for you, and you will be, I will make chocolate chip pizzas legal in every school.
0: Yay! Yay! Chocolate chip pizza!
1: And how many days a week do we get to eat chocolate chip pizza in your school?
0: Um, Every day?
1: <laughs> nice. Nice choice, my friend.
0: And look at my shirt!
1: Hey, bad to the bone. You have a big T-Rex skeleton on your shirt. Uh, bad to the bone. It says stone zoo. Is that, did you go to a visit a zoo with that when you bought that shirt or did yep. that just, that just on it.
0: I visit the stone zoo. Nice. They have robotic dinosaurs.
1: Ooh. Ooh. What else they kind of.
0: They moved. They actually moved.
1: Nice. Nice. It was
0: new Boston. So you can probably like visit it. Yeah. It's called stone zoo. You can see it right on my shirt.
1: Yeah. I see it. That's very cool. That's a cool looking shirt, by the way. That is cool, bad to the bone, so if you could have a pet dinosaur, any dinosaur you want, what dinosaur would you want as a pet?
0: Probably I probably have to go with indominus Rex. I love that man, thing,
1: man, that thing is terrifying. Have you seen
0: working for me, I would be a terrorizer. I terrorize the city. <laughs>
1: So what, you're gonna ride around on his back and terrorize everybody? Yeah. Nice job, Max. That sounds like the perfect. You could create Max destruction. Yeah, maximum destruction. That's your new It'll name.
0: Pay someone to film it so they can put it on a movie. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, speaking and of movies. Then,
0: and then once it's in the middle, the roof starts coming down on them, <laughs> and then they start realizing it's in real life.
1: Ah. <laughs> Hey, what movies did you have you ever seen any of the Jurassic Park or Jurassic World movies?
0: Um well, I've seen Camp Cretaceous.
1: How that's do you like that?
0: One That's probably the only one I've seen because the other ones I'm like I can't I can't it's it's really terrifying.
1: Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. So, what about Camp Cretaceous? Have you seen the one is it Scorpius Rex? Is that a new one?
0: Um yeah. Yeah. So what I've is scorpion because when it shoots it's like hairy stuff it can poison things and kill it in like five seconds
1: oh wow
0: and then drag it off into the bushes and eat it
1: Ugh! Oh, what a way that's to how go
0: easy a life is for a scorpius rex and that's how many and most die from a scorpius rex
1: man so you still like indominus or would you like a scorpius rex to ride around on Wait, you couldn't ride on him right because he has those pointy things on his back right
0: yeah, I'd probably, like, get killed in, like, five seconds.
1: Yeah. Well, that wouldn't be a good idea. So yeah, I would I'd, not recommend it.
0: I'd probably ride on him if he didn't have those quills. But next on my list is probably a Dominus Rex. Nice. Nobis Rex has those things, but they're actually hairs, and they don't have poison in them.
1: Ah, right. Maybe you could get it to, like, push you around in, like, a little baby buggy. This big dinosaur walks in, and he's pushing you in this buggy, and you're like, Hello, everyone. Fear me, I am Max, the dinosaur trainer.
0: And then he parks me, and he goes off and terrorizes the city. And and he brings me off all the left bones (laughs) and added to my collection.
1: (laughs) And what would you feed it? Chocolate chip pizza?
0: I probably would feed it um, my dad's old shoes.
1: Uh, that would kill a dinosaur. Your dad's old shoes are like my stinky underarm bombs. Probably wipe the dinosaur out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd use those when he goes against me. <laughs> I
1: mean,
0: that's while he roars. <laughs> but while he's still on my side, I'm probably gonna feed him like all leftover meat from the turkey at Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> well, good. Well, Max, this podcast will be heard in 118 countries all over the world that means young people like you are listening all over the world is there anything you would like to say to all of those people would you like to tell them hello or wish them good luck what would you like to say to those kids
0: actually i know a patron mel- mel- member do you know malcolm. malcolm
1: oh cool
0: i know malcolm you he do to go to my school
1: awesome awesome that's too cool well, my little friends, say hello and goodbye to everybody listening.
0: Bye, everybody. Watch out for my Dominus Rex, seriously.
1: <laughs> all right, buddy. Thank you so much, Max. Happy You've been great. Happy
0: Thanksgiving!
1: Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, buddy. Well, all right, my friends. That was a great interview. It was a lot of fun doing it. I hope you learned something new about Andrew Sarkis. I know. I wasn't able to give you all of the things we know about it because we don't know very much about it. I want to thank everybody for your kind comments and your wonderful questions. And thank all of you who have joined the Patreon Club, which helps me a bunch because it allows me to spend more time doing this. Plus, as Patreon Club members, I get to see you every month for private lessons with all of you, which I enjoy so much. Hope you guys learned something fun. I hope one day I find out the identity of the superhero known as El Stinko. Whoever that thing is, he's an amazing, amazing superhero. I just don't know his identity. Be kind, everybody. Be nice to each other. Happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to you all, which is coming up relatively soon. I hope you all are happy. I hope you're being safe. For the young ones, tell your mom and dad you love them. For you older listeners, tell your mom and dad you love them. Matter of fact, give your mom a kiss on the cheek right now and tell them El Stinko sends his best.